What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you had an amazing weekend and week as well. Certainly so much happened in the world of pro wrestling this weekend. Of course, we'll get to it. Some of you have even reached out to us on the socials saying, we can't wait to hear what you have to say about this weekend. And so that makes me feel amazing. Thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The faction if you're following us on the socials at the faction show thank you so much if you're brand new and you're just discovering us check us out there we drop a lot of news there both on our main page and in our stories specifically on instagram and facebook so by all means check that out give us a follow today i think you'll enjoy the content that we release speaking of content that we released in case you did not know last week we dropped a two part episode as we shared a special interview with Josiah Williams. He's also known as Russell and Flo. What an amazing journey he has had. Many know him, of course, for his time in NXT, an incredible content creator who has done so much. Find out what has happened, how he got to NXT, the story of that, the story of life post NXT as well. All of that is available right now in a special two-part episode that you can find wherever it is that you listen to us. So make sure you check that out, and we'll be talking more about that on the socials as well. Speaking of how you can listen to us, of course, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you may be listening. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you do that, you will absolutely be able to see our content as it drops. You don't have to wait for an announcement on the socials because Sometimes we don't announce. We just drop it to see who's paying attention. So with that said, by all means, check out those episodes and previous episodes as well as we've talked about quite a few things. So there are two major, well, really three major pieces of news that happened this weekend that I want to make sure we dig into. The first one being the obvious one about Vince McMahon retiring from WWE. And then from there, there is Death Before Dishonor, the latest pay-per-view from Ring of Honor, which ironically has a lot connected to it as well. So I think I'll go ahead and start with Vince. I was going to save that to the end, but I'll I'll start with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, in case you missed it, has officially retired from WWE. The announcement was made Friday, though the word on the street is that the decision was made seven to ten days prior to the announcement and that people had a heads up in WWE and the like. So let's kind of take you back through the timeline. We have to go back to the month of June where the Wall Street Journal released a scathing article which shared allegations of discoveries from an investigation happening within WWE. The investigation looked at Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis and allegations were out there that Vince McMahon had paid one employee three million dollars in terms of hush money hired her as a paralegal in 2019 because of the affair that he was having went on then and looked to boost her salary by two hundred thousand dollars ironically during the pandemic when others were being released she eventually would be 
promoted and then moved to John Laronidas's team where it has been said that she was kind of quote unquote passed along as a toy. That allegation was enough to cause Vince McMahon to step down as CEO. And with that, Stephanie McMahon, who, if you remember, just about a month prior back in May, left the company to spend more time with her family. So she comes back to be the interim CEO. Then about two weeks ago, another article from the Wall Street Journal, which alleged that Vince McMahon had paid four women a total of $12 million for their silence regarding his sexual encounters with them being sexually inappropriate and the like. One of them was a wrestler who was on the roster in 2005 where he had an alleged affair with her. Ultimately, she resisted and her contract was not renewed. She came back in 2018 in an attempt to really say something, and they reached a settlement of $7.5 million. Just so that you have clarity, Vince McMahon paid $4.2 million for WCW, its library, and all of its assets. Okay, I hope you heard me right. Vince McMahon paid $4.2 million for WCW and all of its assets, but... In 2018, he paid this one woman $7.5 million for her silence. So you can only imagine what must have happened that would make this one woman and his encounter with her almost twice as valuable as WCW. We just got to process that. You can let that ruminate. This is where my math degree and my critical thinking really come in to help us out a whole lot. So with that said, and again, she wasn't the only one, there were others, and the report in the Wall Street Journal itemizes and quantifies all of this. So with that said, we remember Vince McMahon stepped down as CEO, decided to still be in charge of creative, but then of course the news dropped this past Friday, and it was really a one-two punch. The first piece of news is that Triple H returns to his position as the executive vice president of talent relations. Now, here's why that's important. He left that particular position about a year or so ago, and that happened when it was connected to the heart episode that he had. With that said, John Laronitis took that particular position over. John Laronitis served as the head of talent relations up until a couple of weeks ago where he stepped down from that position because of these allegations as well. So when I got the news that Triple H was returning effective immediately as the senior vice president of talent relations, it immediately told me John Laronitis is out. I should also mention that Bruce Pritchard served as interim EVP of talent relations while Laronitis was gone. So Pritchard is now out of that interim space. Triple H is in. And then a few hours later, we would find out that Vince McMahon has retired from WWE. Let me put a pin right here and say this. I talked about this particular issue a few weeks ago when Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of WWE. And the first question on wrestling fans' minds were, is it a work or is it a shoot? And I talked about my disdain for that then. Then when MJF talked about he wanted to be fired by AEW, the same question was asked, is it a work 
or is it a shoot? Mind you, we've not seen Sasha or Naomi on WWE TV, nor have we seen MJF on AEW television since both of those moments. And people were still asking, is it a work or is it a shoot? And so when I shared this information about Vince McMahon over the weekend, believe it or not, I actually got a question asking, is it a work or is it a shoot? So let me just speak to this. And I think this is important to share again. I think what has happened in the wrestling world with wrestling fans is the level of skepticism is at an all-time high where we seemingly don't believe anything that is presented to us. Now, that could be good or bad. I want to be fair. It could be good or bad. It could mean that the wrestling world has been either so creative or so convincing of what's been happening that we don't know whether to believe it as storyline or not. However, in comma, let me give you some clues, some context clues. Outlets like the Wall Street Journal, CNN, NBC, Fox, CBS, etc. don't report on storylines. The board of directors don't report on storylines. WWE corporate does not send out press releases to investors and the like involving storyline. That's not the case. And I'll tell you this. Obviously, we know there are certain things that we're going to report that are connected to creative. But when you see major news outlets reporting stories on wrestling, that's when you should really understand, oh, this is very much authentic. This is very much real. So with that said, let's do our best to kind of really use some deductive reasoning when we start thinking about is it shoot or is it work but bigger than that let's enjoy what's presented to us because what happens is if you spend more time trying to figure out is this work or is this shoot you miss all of what's really happening in front of your eyes okay so now that i have that out of my system vince mcmahon retires from wwe so obviously with all of this happening friday Oh, the other piece of this that's really important that was mentioned more so in the press release to investors than was mentioned in other public spaces is this. So Vince McMahon officially gone from WWE. One would think that Stephanie McMahon, who served as interim CEO, would now become official CEO. However, what we saw with Bruce Pritchard as interim EVP of talent relations is just because you served in an interim capacity does not mean that you'll actually get the full job. With that said, and we talked about this on our socials as well, we found out that Stephanie McMahon is the co-CEO along with, yeah, Nick Khan. Now, Nick Khan became a public figure in WWE about a year ago when he did an interview with Ari Helwani, where in that interview, he talked about his new position, what he's doing, and that's where we first heard about the changes that were coming to NXT, becoming NXT 2.0, and the decision to no longer, quote-unquote, recruit independent pro wrestlers. So with that said, he's moved from that position to now being co-CEO and president of WWE. So there's a lot to unpack with this. And I will tell you this, for one, in terms of unpacking, I've been getting a lot of questions, as you can imagine, about what does this mean for WWE? Some are concerned that, you know, WWE will 
really kind of fold within a couple of years? Will WWE look like WCW, et cetera, et cetera? I think we have to acknowledge we are in historic times right now. And that's a good thing. I will also say this. Most of us never really believed that in our lifetime, Vince McMahon would actually be gone from WWE. But since this is the case, there is real opportunity for WWE to become the organization that many of us want them to be in terms of presenting a product that really connects with people. So Triple H being head of talent relations is a great move. Stephanie being co-CEO of WWE is a great move. So things I think are going to get very, very interesting in the landscape of WWE. Now, before we go to commercial, please understand that, yeah, there's still a lot more to unpack with the resigning of Vince McMahon. I will also say this before I go to commercial, that... We have to be able to read the room, meaning this, Vince McMahon's decision to retire is not just as he tweeted, I'm 77 and it's time to go. I believe, just reading the tea leaves, that his decision to retire was as a result of potentially even more damning evidence that the board has found that really will be something that he can't work through. And I've told you both on this podcast and on WWT Live that you can look for WWE to part ways with Vince McMahon if Vince's activity will ultimately cost them money. And the fact that it costs them the Netflix documentary, which was said to be very, very lucrative, and they were way down the road on that. No telling what other things are about to come out as the investigation is not over just because Vince McMahon has retired. So things are going to get very, very interesting. And I will tell you his decision to retire just reading the tea leaves is retire or be released and it seems to be more honorable that he retired now this is the other thing we need to pay attention to let's pay attention to the fact of how his retirement was handled on smackdown let's look at history history has told us when a superstar retires from wwe there's usually this wonderful package and this amazing send-off think about how rick flair was treated think about how Shawn michaels was treated think about how so many others when brian danielson retired when edge retired when others have retired there's usually a wonderful send-off with vince mcmahon There was a mere mention of his retirement at the start of the show by Stephanie McMahon. There was a chant of thank you, Vince. There was Stephanie looking in the camera saying, I love you, dad. And that's it. There was no video package. There were no words of appreciation or thank you. Vince McMahon never showed up, which again, a few weeks ago after that incredible article came out, Vince shows up on SmackDown. Then he showed up on Monday Night Raw, which by the way, I believe I told you guys that night that it felt like a farewell tour. And so I think I got this one right, which I'm sort of glad to say. But with that said, Vince McMahon has a very complicated legacy in light of this. And so this week, I'm really excited to announce that the band will be back together. Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, you hear me talk about them all the time. Some of you who are new may not have even heard their voices, but they will be joining me this week for a very special look at the career 
of Vince McMahon and what indeed that legacy should be. That's coming up later this week, so stay tuned for that. When we come back, let's talk death before dishonor. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Casey Mack is taking How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there is a new, there will always be SHW. Attention wrestling fans, join us for SHW's 4th Annual Rumble Jack. Coming to you Friday, August 5th, live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. All-Star Special will defend their SHW Tag Team titles against Happy Madness. Then, it's every man for himself to see who will be the last standing in the Rumble Jack match as we determine a new number one contender for the Southern Honor Championship. Starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7. Bell time at 8. Invite your friends and let's pack the action building for one of our biggest nights of the year. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. SHW, an experience like no other. What's up, guys? This is Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. All right, guys, 
If the news about Vince McMahon wasn't enough, that was followed the next day by the return to pay-per-view of Ring of Honor as they present Death Before Dishonor. So there's a few things we've got to mention before we even get into the card. First and foremost, we have not seen an official Ring of Honor card since the Super Card of Honor, which happened WrestleMania weekend. With that said, it was just a couple of weeks prior to that that Tony Khan had purchased Ring of Honor, so it was not a full Tony Khan production as much as this one was, and so there are a few noticeable differences. First and foremost, this Ring of Honor pay-per-view is the first on Bleacher Report, which mirrors the deal that AEW has with Bleacher Report and Warner. So there's that. There are two other things that are being said. One, it's one of the largest attendances for a Ring of Honor show ever. And it's one of the largest buys in terms of pay-per-view buys for a Ring of Honor pay-per-view ever. It's also one of the first Ring of Honor pay-per-views that is not on Fight TV domestically. It was internationally. Again, that mirrors the AEW deal. Now, there's some news coming out of that, but first I want to go through the results because this is of incredible importance. Shout out to Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman who have resumed their duties in Ring of Honor as the commentary team. Caprice, you've seen doing a lot of work in AEW as of late. Ian Riccoboni is doing work as the new voice of NJPW Strong. That's New Japan's Strong program, which happens here in the States as part of their New Japan Pro Wrestling of America movement. So with that said, so we start, of course, with the Zero Hour, which is their pre-show. Colt Cabana pins Anthony Henry. The Trustbusters, which is Ari Davari and Slim J, defeated Cheeseburger and Eli Isom. Then in a six-man tag match, the Embassy, which is the team of Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, defeated Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppa. And in the final match of the Zero Hour, Willow Nightingale gets a big win over Allison Kay. Now to the main card, which started ironically with the Ring of Honor world title match and Claudio Castagnoli defeated Jonathan Gresham to become the new Ring of Honor world champion. We've got new Ring of Honor six-man tag champions as Dalton Castle and the boys defeated the team of the Righteous. Wheeler Utah successfully defended the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, defeating Daniel Garcia. In the Battle of the Brothers, Roosh defeated Dragon Lee. Mercedes Martinez retained the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship against Serena Deeb. Samoa Joe retained the World Television title against Jay Lethal. And in the main event, two out of three falls, FTR successfully defends defeating Jay and Mark Briscoe, the Briscoes, in a two out of three falls classic so let's just kind of run through some of the main things coming out of this ring of honor pay-per-view first and foremost it is said that the briscoes have signed an exclusive deal with tony khan we're not sure if that is specific to ring of honor if it's aew if it's both we'll certainly find that out i'm sure in the coming days we also know and apparently there is still a deal being worked for television rights and a TV home for Ring of Honor. So let's just kind of count our months. We're now looking at about four months since the acquisition of Ring of Honor by Tony Khan. And there's still no exclusive 
Ring of Honor television deal. I'll share my thoughts on that in a little bit. Looking at the main card, huge congratulations to Claudio Castagnoli, who finally wins a singles championship, the Ring of Honor World Championship. I think this is monumental and significant. There's no question that he went in as the sentimental favorite, though there were those who were saying that they felt as though Jonathan Gresham got the raw deal. A, with his match being first as a world title match. B, losing in this major pay-per-view, really his first pay-per-view opportunity to defend the title. As, of course, at Supercard of Honor, it was about unifying the title between him and Roosh. So there is a backstory behind that, and we started sharing that in our stories yesterday, that Jonathan Gresham has apparently asked for his release from AEW and Ring of Honor. Apparently, Saturday, there was a major blow-up between Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan. Gresham did not like his creative at all. Tony Khan was not cool with that. Jonathan Gresham never wanted to turn heel, and apparently he was forced to turn heel, etc., etc., etc. From all reports, it turned into a very loud shouting match, which is something we don't normally hear from Jonathan Gresham. And so following that title match, Gresham has asked for his release. Now, will it be granted? I don't know. We're still waiting for the release of MJF, but this is a very interesting development. And I'll say this, Jonathan Gresham waved the flag of Ring of Honor for months. And you could argue that certainly he was a fighting world champion, literally traveling around the world, defending the Ring of Honor championship during this weird period for Ring of Honor. Of course, he wins the title at final battle and him winning the title at final battle, which was the last match under the old Ring of Honor regime had a bit of an asterisk next to it because Roosh, who was scheduled to defend the title, ends up catching COVID, missing the main event. Jay Lethal steps in. And so now you kind of have one of those quote unquote interim champion kind of situations for Jonathan Gresham. Gresham really held down Ring of Honor for quite some time. With that said, I think things get interesting with the future of Jonathan Gresham. Not sure what this is going to mean. He, of course, is in charge of Terminus, which I'm sure he will concentrate on. But I don't know what's going to happen with him and AEW. As we saw Friday night, requesting your release or walking out doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be gone. Such was the case with Brock Lesnar Friday night on SmackDown, where he apparently left SmackDown, was going to leave the company, but then was convinced to come back and came back at the very end of SmackDown. So things are getting interesting. I don't know what that means for this weekend's main event at SummerSlam, but we'll deal with that later this week. Also, can we acknowledge the power of the Blackpool Combat Club? And I know a lot of folks are talking about the power of the bloodline as perhaps the most successful and significant faction in pro wrestling right now. But we certainly have to look at the Blackpool Combat Club. In there now lies the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, the Ring of Honor World Champion, and the AEW Interim World Champion. That is powerful. That is nearly four horsemen-like. And so I'm intrigued to see how people will acknowledge the Blackpool Combat Club But they have already made major waves now having multiple champions in their stable and they're killing it. They're absolutely 
killing it. Right now, it seems as though the only one without a championship is Brian Danielson, and that's because he's been injured, but he'll be making his return this Wednesday. By and large, a fantastic card from Ring of Honor. I would love to see more standalone Ring of Honor events, which takes us now to this thought about there being no TV deal for Tony Khan and Ring of Honor. I'm really surprised by this. I'm surprised because when Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor and made the announcement, I was certain that a TV deal would soon ensue. According to Tony Khan, he feels as though Ring of Honor and AEW both sharing AEW's TV space is good for both. That cross-promotion is good for both. But here's where I'm finding this problematic. On one hand, yes, I believe Ring of Honor stars being on AEW television is putting them in front of more eyes than the Ring of Honor product has traditionally been. I think there's no question about that. Them being on TNT and or TBS a big deal as they never had a major cable television deal. Their deals were always syndicated through Sinclair Broadcasting. So I believe Ring of Honor wins in that way. But where I think Ring of Honor is losing is this. It becomes very, very difficult to establish what is of great importance when you have multiple world championships and multiple titles all being announced in the same organization. So when you have AEW having the Ring of Honor world champion and the AEW world champion, it leaves questions in the minds of fans as to which is the most important championship. Is it the AEW title? Is it the Ring of Honor world title? We saw this happen with this deal, that forbidden door that happened with AEW and Impact. They were never going to acknowledge the Impact World Championship with the same level of importance as the AEW World title. We know that. And so to kind of act like it's the same doesn't really work. This is why Ring of Honor desperately needs a TV deal. Couple that with this. There are already too many stars and too many people in AEW for the three hours of television time that they have. Way too many people. And so there are obviously going to be people that are left off. We can't really count the three hours or four hours of dark because having broadcasts on the internet on YouTube is not the same. You don't get the same level of exposure as you do on television. I think we're all clear with that. So I think we've got a real issue in establishing who's who in the zoo. Ring of Honor desperately needs a television deal and they need it fast. The fact that this was the first Ring of Honor standalone event since Supercard of Honor, which is three months ago, almost four months ago, that's not good. And so I'll say this and I'll say it very carefully. There's not necessarily good history behind one person owning two significant wrestling promotions. You cannot concentrate on both of them with equal intensity and with equal attention. One is going to get more and the other one will not. And it's very clear that AEW has gotten the attention from Tony Khan, not Ring of Honor. So Ring of Honor needs a TV deal. And if we look at history, Vince McMahon purchased WCW. At one point, there was a thought that there could be a separate WCW product. But that ultimately did not happen. And so part of my concern is we've got all of these titles floating around in Ring of Honor 
We only have three hours of television to put them on, and they have to somehow be balanced against AEW, which has all similar titles with the exception of the TV championship. What do you guys think about what's going on with AEW and Ring of Honor? Hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show and let us know. A couple of things to remember before we get out of here. Of course, we've got that great, great two-part interview with Josiah Williams that is out there right now. You can check it out wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. Later this week, we will have a very special episode dedicated to the career and the legacy of Vince McMahon. The whole crew is coming together for this, so I'm super pumped about this one. Also, Battle Slam is happening this Thursday. If you're in the Atlanta area, come and join us for Battle Slam. I'll have the information in our stories about how you can get tickets. It's going to be really, really special, so you don't want to miss that. That's this Thursday, and SHW 41 is now available on IWTV. You can check that out. A crazy night. I'm on the call along with my good brother Brandon Benefield an amazing night of wrestling happened there and get ready because not this Friday but next Friday August the 5th is SHW 42 the Rumble Jack a major major card that we put on every year and you don't want to miss that with that said I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you stay connected to our socials as we'll continue to break news as it happens but until next time representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard Brandon Clack and the fourth horseman John Murray my name is Gerard Bonner and this is The Faction I need my people here we go